This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. What an afternoon for Nestor Cortez and the Yankees and a tough night for Igor Shosturkin and the Rangers. We'll talk about it next. And you can join us at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Brian the Brain and TV 98.7. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Gordon Damer, hello. Larry Hardesty, my friend. How are we feeling? We're doing great. How was Mother's Day? Uh, uh, we're still married, so I must have done an okay job, right? How about you? Yeah, fooled him again. (laughs) Another day, Larry. Keep up the great work. Yeah. How'd everything go with you guys? Excellent. Everything was great. Everything was great. It was was a great weekend. Great weekend. Gordon, so yesterday, Bruce called me, Bruce from Flushing, Mm -hmm. on the air, and said, the Rangers have to do something. Have to do something. Can they do something? (laughs) About no. getting out of their own end. Okay. The answer is no. About getting out of their own end. Can they do something about doing a better job at, at, at protecting, uh, you know, Shesterkin? And the biggest thing that he wanted them to try to figure out to do is can they, can they get Sidney Crosby out of, the, out of the blue paint? Well, no, no, and no. Yeah, they did a nice job of protecting Shesterkin in the third period, but he was on the bench at that point, and the game was already lost. Uh, this was the definition of bad to worse, right? Yes, yes. I mean, you went into this game, and, I mean, there was a lot of hinging on it. You win this game, all of a sudden, best of three series. You feel completely different. You can wash away the seven goals you gave up in game uh, three, and then you give up another seven goals tonight, right? I mean, oof, yeah. that was that was Painful. rough. And I, look, a lot of people have brought it up, and it, it does feel this way to me. I wanted to see if you feel this way, too. It feels very eerily similar to the way the Knicks it does. went last year in the playoffs. Yes, it does. It really does. It really does. And the only difference is Knicks had some veterans on their club that were the main stars. These are a bunch of young kids, and you can see, Gordon, where Pittsburgh has just, just – got more physical with them. They're just in the – the Rangers could not get their puck out of their own end. Every time you turn around, Crosby and and and, and crew are just battling this. The Rangers would try to get it out. It was, it was a giveaway. Somebody else would take it and put a shot on goal. And, you know, they did not do a good job in, in clearing the path so Shesterkin can see. And guys just standing there redirecting pucks. Listen, I get it. I know the goalie is the last line of defense. Gordon, I know people are very disappointed in Shesterkin. They're going to be criticizing him. They're going to be calling him all kinds of names. But it's not all his fault. And can the Rangers score some goals? That would help also. Yeah, I mean, kind of lost in this is they're going up against the third-string goaltender. And, boy, did I nail it Saturday afternoon I was on. I was saying, you know, now that this guy is going to be the goaltender the rest of the way, this is a series the Rangers have to win. win. And they've responded by not doing anything – getting completely destroyed in two games. I mean, anytime you give up 14 goals in two games, that is not, that is not good. Is and any time you, you wind up two games with your franchise goaltender sitting on the bench, that's not ideal either. So, you know, I guess the question I have, and I don't know because I'm not the hockey guy, and, mm-hmm. and maybe you can answer. Maybe the Ranger fans will give them a chance to tell us. Yeah. What, what is it? Are they, have they been exposed were they a paper tiger during the season? Because this series has not really been close. No, it hasn't. 
I mean, they've, they, they've really gotten just thoroughly outplayed. And again, against the third-string goaltender. And unfortunately, it looks like your goaltender has been the third-string goaltender, not the other teams. He, so I, I don't know what – are really they a paper tiger? Did the uh, Is it just the experience is just so overwhelming? Are the Rangers not maybe as good as we thought they maybe – are they a regular season team? I don't know, but they got to fix a whole lot, boy. And long way to go and short time to get there. As you know. And I know that their coaching staff has told them playoffs are a different level. Playoffs are a different speed. Playoffs are just different. And all the things that hurt the Rangers during the year has come back to bite them now. And what Shesterkin was able to do was because of his, his ability to be a fabulous goalkeeper, Gordon, he was able to bail them out of some spots. He was able to make some great saves. He was able to save some games until they were able to get back into the contest. Well, he's not been able to do that, and his confidence has got to be shaken. It's got to be. How, oh, it has to be, right? How, how could it not be, you know, that, that because you're giving up. I mean, he didn't give up what? I saw the stat during the broadcast, and now it, it escapes me, but it's something like he hadn't given up four-plus goals, but maybe – on maybe seven or eight seven or eight times during the season, and he's given up four more in back-to-back games. So it's really been different. It's been, it's just been that the Rangers haven't had any room to breathe. <laughs> Pittsburgh has smothered them everywhere. They tried to pass the puck. There's there's two Penguins there, and and every time you turn around, they're headed into the other direction to the Rangers zone. It's it's just been. It was just. It was just one of those games for the Rangers. It was a tough one. It was a tough yeah. one. And now and, – And almost focusing on Shesterkin really kind of avoids the bigger problems, yeah, right? Like, you're right. I mean, if you take that off the table, it's all the other things as well. Yeah. You know, and and they're just not playing well. They're just, they, they just can't get going. So, Galant's got a tough job, and he's got only a couple of hours to get it done because this the next game could be the last game for the Rangers this year. And and what a disappointment that would be to go out like that. What a disappointment. And yep. it would be very similar to the Knicks. Very similar. Very similar. And the scary thing, you have to look back and you wonder, you mean, would it have been different if they win that first game? That triple overtime It's game, one of those it, great sports questions, right? Is, is, did that really get them turned around like that? The fact that they lost the lead at home and then they almost win it on, on, a, on a controversial call and then they lose it in triple overtime? I mean, we just don't know. Yeah, no, there's no answers know. to it. I mean, obviously you'd feel a lot better going to Pittsburgh up 2-0, but mm-hmm. the way these two games have gone, man, it's like – You'd have been two two. Yeah, <laughs> but at least you I mean tonight that second period it was like man against boys. I mean I it was like it was like I've seen the Harlem Globetrotters play more, um, uh, you know, like tougher, more competitive games. It was it was just like one team was at a completely different level. It was bad. It was, it was they gave up five goals and one with thirty two seconds left before the period ended. Could have done without just, that. It's like the old Tommy just, Boy line when he sits down on the bench and the bench falls apart. You know, they could have <laughs> done without that. That's right. Redirection, redirection, redirection. That's all it was. That, that, that's really all it was. 1-800-919-3776. We hear from the Ranger fans. See if you can uh, have some answers. What are you seeing from your team that is different from how they played during the regular season? Also, Gordon, your Yankees are playing very, very well. Nesta Cortez today flirted, flirted, flirted with a no-no. 
And even though you didn't score a lot of runs, you were able to to take a series from Texas. And come on, Chris Woodward, stop yourself. Stop yourself. I mean, that was that that was embarrassing. And, and, you know, it's funny. I heard some of the reaction to Chris Woodward, I thought, was embarrassing as well. (laughs) <laughs> so maybe I, I might save that for a little bit later on, but some maybe some station on station. Uh oh. Yeah, I heard Uh-oh. some things. I heard some things. Did you really? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll do that later. And plus, uh, Gordon, I think I, I I don't remember if we made it official, but I think greed dethroned the Sopranos challenge. Yeah, the Sopranos challenge is fine. We finally came up with something that people like just slightly better than the Sopranos, and that's a million dollars. So <laughs> we finally solved it. And we just threw money at the problem, and it, it finally ended. And it was still, it was still close, Larry. It was, it was, it went right down to the final hours. But finally, no we way. found something that people. I think it was, was it fifty four forty six? I want to say fifty four forty six. So it was no, it was no blowout. Wow, it was a blowout early. It was a blowout early, but the Sopranos people, they, you know, <laughs> they have their ways. Well, well, congratulations to Brian the Brain because he yes. bounced back after giving us. Uh, that almost uh, an answer that almost cost you your blue check on Twitter. Oh my goodness, I was so worried. But he bounced back and gave us the, the, the answer to the Sopranos challenge. Nice job, Brian. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, let's go to the phone and see what the Ranger fans have to say. Let's go to Hugo. He's in Springfield. Hugo, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Hey guys, how are you? We're good. Who you, you go? How are you? Not well at all, my friend. Not well at all. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very deflating to be a Ranger fan. It's been years of this. You finally get back into the postseason. You know things are looking good. Your favorite to beat the Penguins. And here we are after a game four where probably none of us have any hope left. But I just wanted to talk about two things that to me is mind-boggling, all right? This team's biggest strengths all year have been, number one, their goaltending, and number two, their special teams play. And these two factors are why you're down 3-1 in this series. Add to that as well, I wanted to make a, a point about Gallant, who's been fantastic all year in his first year as Rangers coach, and it seems to me that he could have settled things down in, the, in this series in a couple of the games and called a timeout when things started to snowball especially in those second periods that in games three and games four. And I, I don't know why he didn't, he didn't call a timeout. Just wanted to hear your thoughts. All right, Hugo, thanks for the call. I'm not really sure. I, I don't know why he didn't. There must have been a reason. Maybe he wants them to, to play through it, Gordon. They have to learn. And, and this is, you know, from a fan standpoint, and I get the frustration, I do. I mean, listen, I went through it last year with the Knicks, so I really got it. But for them – it, it's it's th- there's several things that I've heard, Gordon, about them with five on five. Now, Hugo was talking about special teams, and obviously Shesterkin has been great. We know there's a Vesna Trophy candidate. And everybody says he's going to win it. So obviously he's been just tremendous in goal. But, you know, young teams, when you haven't had this experience of being in the postseason and knowing what it's like and knowing what you have to do to be able to stem the tide and find a way to just slow things down, you know, maybe a timeout would have been good there. I'm not sure why he didn't call it, Hugo, but he had to have a reason. He had that reason, otherwise he wouldn't have used it. So I, I don't know. 
The way they played, though, in the second period, to be honest, I don't know if the timeout would have done anything. Yeah, because, I, mean, I mean, multiple goals. It's how not many like timeouts you got? Goals. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. That was, that was a rough period to watch. I mean, it at was. least you don't have to wonder where did it go wrong. I mean, it's pretty clear. Yeah, no question. Let's uh, ask the Rangers coach what he saw in the second period from his team. See what Coach Golan has to say. We got away from it. One goal, two goals. Uh, played soft. We were soft all over the ice. That's the biggest difference. We were soft all over the ice. They haven't really played very physical, Gordon, no. since the first period at the Garden in game one. They really have not. They really haven't had sustained play, and Pittsburgh has taken that from them. And that's part of the reason. It's just like it's just like the NBA. You notice if, if you watch the NBA players, you know how much more physical it is? You notice how much more uh, during the regular season? <laughs> the games would be five hours if this was the regular season because they would have called everything. <laughs> they don't do that in the postseason, and hockey is the same way. They got to get more physical, Gordon. They just do. Yeah. Uh, clearly, I mean, like they need more of everything. <laughs> right. I mean, when you give up 14 goals in two games, I know the last game it was an empty netter, but um, still, uh, still, that's 13 goals in two games. That's a lot. Of, I mean, and they gave up a ton of shots in the in the in the first game as well. Yeah. So Man, uh, at some point, saves. those shots, yeah, the Penguins started hitting hitting some of them, and um, it has not been close since. So, and even tonight, it, like at least in game three, the Rangers showed you some fight. Yes, and they came back to tie it up. Now it, it still got away from them, but at least they showed you something tonight. You were kind of hoping for that in the third period, and they really I, like you wonder if they're at this stage if they're a little like demoralized and they're shell shocked. Yeah, I, I mean, and you can understand why. Mm-hmm. They're shell shocked. They, they just they just can't imagine that they can't imagine that they're in this position, and they can't imagine what they're seeing. They they just can't because this is not what they've been used. This is not the Ranger team that they've been. And so they're looking at themselves. They're looking at each other like, what is going on here? 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty uh, ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, let's go back to the phones. Let's do it. Roscoe's in Brooklyn. Hey, Roscoe, you're next on 98.7. Larry, I think that Pittsburgh team, uh, fans, I think they got to uh, Eagle. Every time, every time Pittsburgh scores, have you noticed the chant of the Igor? Chant and I think it's got, I think it got to him, man. And and he's, I don't know, man. I, it's gonna be hard to come back three to one because these guys are real. They're they're putting a lot of pressure in the mounts, and, and it's the we just can't handle it. And on the Yankees, real quick, Damon, um, do you think the stretch that's coming up here? Um, do you think that we're going to wear out our bullpen? Because that's what I've been hearing. I've been hearing that all the Yankees are going to wear out their bullpen and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just like, wait, we just had a great series of tracking. I, I, I get it. We didn't put up runs. But our starting pitching went in deep. So all this crying about our bullpen, and I, I feel like we're in a good, in a good position. We, we can win the next like, 10 out of the next. 18 days? I think we'll be all right before the All-Star break. What do you think? The All-Star break. I mean, the All-Star break is... <laughs> I hate to break it to you, Roger. All-Star break is a long way away. we got a long time to go before we get to the All-Star break. Now, the Yankees, I think, was it they have 23 games in 22 days or something oh like that? 
So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to rely on the bullpen. But you've seen guys start to go deeper into games now. I mean, this I think this is the first time ever that Nestor Cortez has pitched in the eighth inning as a Yankee, mm-hmm. uh, as a Yankee starting pitcher. So uh, you've seen Cole go f- deeper into games. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys are now, you know, after the short spring training, kind of ramping up, and, and the Yankees have a very deep pitching staff right now. So uh, and, and their bullpen as well. You know, remember like last year they would have like the A team of relievers that they would use when they were winning, but if they were losing, even if it were only by a run – they would go to separate guys. Mm-hmm. This year, even when they're down a run or two, he's still going to uh, – the, the bullpen is so deep that there's really not a bad choice to come out of that bullpen. There's a large circle of trust. The circle very is very large. big. <laughs> it's a huge circle. Yeah. It really I, is. I was saying on Saturday, I think the guy I trust the least, unfortunately, is the guy who's the closer. Chapman, yeah. Yeah. That's the guy I worry about the most. I understand. If you could get in this next stretch – a couple of six, seven inning outings from Severino, mm. you'd be golden. You'd be golden. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they got a lot of games in a short period of time. So, what you've gotten out of, I think, what you've gotten out of Severino so far, I mean, I, I would have signed for that, right? Like, sure. I would have signed for Absolutely. that before the season. And, yeah. and Nestor Cortez, I mean, he's been fantastic. Cole's rounding into form. Uh, Tyone, I think, has been better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At some point, they're going to score some runs for Montgomery. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just say, it, like, sometimes you can wait for the problems to actually occur before everybody, like, jumps on them, right? Like, everybody's, yeah, like, yeah. trying to find where, oh, well, the Yankees are playing really well, but but this, but that. I don't know. I think they'll be okay. They're great right now. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing all right. They're, they're doing great. okay. They're, going, they're, going, they're, they're doing great. I mean, Mets and Yankees both with 20 wins. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good. It's not bad. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, Yankees ain't bad, but what happened with Canelo on Saturday night, that was pretty tough. Oh, my God. That yeah, guy, I didn't watch that fight. Did he Did he lose that fight, or was that just – like, I heard that, that 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 he really lost it by more than what he – like, I think the final – He lost. Bad. He lost. Vivor was pushing him around. Mm-hmm. I, listen, I mean, that's my favorite athlete. You know, that's out here right now. He lost, man. I, I tell you, 100% he lost. He knows he lost. Dude. I was devastated. But anyway, man, moving forward, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, man, the Penguins, man, you know, they channeled their inner uh, Olivia Newton-John <laughs> ever since game two, and they got physical. I mean, the game's over. They're still in the Rangers zone. It's, you know. Thought the Rangers might at least get out that first round. It's not looking like it's not going to happen, man. You know, so that 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 was tough, man. I, you know, I didn't see that coming, man. I thought, you know, I was excited, man. After that, even at the overtime when they lost, I, I was like, look, you know, they're going to come back. They're going to do their thing. They won that next game, but man, they've been pushed around ever since, man. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, New York, we can't get a break, man. You know what I mean? We just can't get a break, man. But, um, but the Jets and Giants they, they, had unbelievable drafts, Buddha. Have no fear. Yeah, right. The winds are right around the corner. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> listen, you know, with the NBA playoffs, though, listen, the first round was horrible. But, um, you know, the second round has been, been pretty good. I mean, Booker being out, not being 100%, you know, Dallas is back in that series. Uh, your man Jordan Poole was talking to Dan Campbell, started grabbing kneecaps. You know, uh, Memphis, they're going to be out of it soon. 
But um, look at what Al Horford did tonight, showing that wow. Dominican power, man. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Nobody ever saw that. a game like that coming out of him. You got to give a guy credit like that. Me look at your man, Giannis. He was like, listen, guess what? You know what? I know you're tough and all that, but I'm tough too, man. You got to respect that, man. Absolutely. You know, God forbid, man, if Tobias Harris <laughs> could just – like, like I want um, Horford to sit down with Tobias Harris and talk to him. I mean, Tobias Harris, listen, man. Adam Clayton Powell said it, man. What's in your hands, fam? You know, listen, everybody talks about all these other players on the Sixers. And, listen, I love Maxie, but Maxie could be up and down. He's still a young player. We know James Harden's that behind. He definitely could be up and down. But when I look at Tobias Harris, man, I mean, this dude is like the perfect, like, small forward. What is this, six foot eight, six foot nine? He can dribble. He can shoot. You know, he can defend when he feels like it. I mean, good God, man. If he ever decided to become aggressive, like the Sixers would be the favorite in the Eastern Conference, man. You know, it's just, it just, you know, he drives me crazy, man. I talk with Papa Lodge about this all the time, man. He drives me crazy, man. I don't know what, what, like, how do you get through to a guy like that, man? I just, you know, anyway, man. You know, last uh, night I was listening to Shaq talking, you know, and Shaq uh-huh. is a fool. You know, not Shaq in the pool. He's Shaq is a fool. He's sitting there talking about the chocolate chip cookies and what he likes to have up in the house, up in the air. And he tried to pass it off to Kenny Smith. <laughs> Kenny Smith tried to redirect that conversation. Like, look, you're not putting my business out there, man. I, you know, these playoffs in the NBA, we always complained, like, for years that, you know, all the guys were too friendly with each other and everything. There's been a turn of events here this year. Yeah. Like, like you said, with the Memphis series – um, you look at the Dallas series, and, mm-hmm. you know, you can say what you want about uh, Jason Kidd, you know, but uh, personally. But he's a hell of a coach, man. You know, and the black ball for Mark Jackson continues. They hired the guy Mike, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> you know, oh, my God. Was that Mike Brown? The, the Mike Golden Brown, State? yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They he's hired coaching him. tonight. <laughs> oh, he's man, up. I feel so bad for Mark Jackson, man. I really do. I mean, anybody can make a mistake. The comment he said about that, you know, he'll pray for somebody if they were gay. Listen, maybe that was 10 years ago. Maybe he's a different guy now. Dude needs a chance, man. I mean, that's horrible, man. You know, like, he's not, he, he, he was the architect of, of, of the Splash Brothers. And I he mean, he put them, it's, it's he, a he shame, put them man. It's a shame. Now, yeah. Allegedly, yeah, I, I will man. say this. Like, I think he's getting closer to getting back. At, like, his name, at least now, is getting, he's getting interviews where a couple of years ago he wasn't even getting spoken to. And, right. and and Mike Brown, it's all well and good to get the job when it's the King's job. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Mark Jackson, just stay by the phone. They're going to be looking for somebody else soon. Don't worry. They sure will. They sure you will. You know, That's Mike true. Brown's going to get fired. You know oh, that. I mean, absolutely. Listen, Mike Brown. Mike Brown is like Brian Windhorse. You understand what I'm saying? Like without LeBron James, what are you really? You understand what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, like, come on. I don't think he's getting back in, Gordon. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, might, look, this, look, until he does, you're right, and I'm wrong. But it just feels like things are trending a little bit more in the right direction for him than where they were a couple of years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope so. I think he just, they're just using, you know, he's, he's a, he's a um, media figure. So you don't want to make it look. You, you know how it is with these leagues, bro. You know how it is. They don't want to make it look bad. But I, well, listen. If the Lakers don't hire, first of all, he's a fool for wanting that job. I mean, I love Mark Jackson to death, but I wouldn't coach the Lakers. I wouldn't be involved with them in any way, shape, or form. But if they don't hire him, then you know what it is. Because nobody with any kind of, like, resolve, salt, pride, dignity, 
or anything is going to take that job. I love LeBron James to death, but the worst thing in the world is trying to coach that aging superstar like yeah. when it's done. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Thanks for the phone call, Buddha. And so is Gordon. Gordon knows because he had yep. some Yankees that had that, <laughs> that yep. situation. Absolutely. You know, Girardi. And was really tough on Girardi because, Gordon, they were so old. He played with them and, right. and still had That's to make the decision sure. <laughs> on whether to play them or not play them in the lineup when they used to be a teammate. That is, that, that's kind of uneasy. Kind of uneasy. This edition of ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Jake's 58 Casino Hotel. Visit Jake's 58 and sign up at the club to start taking advantage of rewards, discounts, and exclusive perks. Discover the excitement you've been missing where Long Island wins. Jake's 58 Casino Hotel. Augustine Damer until midnight, then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, what happened to this Yankee team? This is a month ago, it was gloom and doom. A oh month ago, it was, will they ever hit again? A month ago, it was, what What did Cashman do? How bad is this? Yesterday, is it yesterday or today, I, I'm reading an article from John Heyman in the New York Post talking about why the Yankees might be the best team in the American League. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, that's the way they're playing, right? I mean, they're, they're playing that way. Uh, now, look, I'm not a big, I was not a big fan of the moves made this offseason or the lack of moves made this offseason. It was an underwhelming offseason. Mm-hmm. But it feels like that anything that's negative surrounding the Yankees is just elevated to such a degree as if the season's over or that, uh, you know, when J- Garrett Cole gets off to the start that he did, oh, Garrett Cole's washed. You know, he's a, he's a product of the sticky stuff. He's not mm-hmm. going to be the same guy. Now, look, he, he might have some issues in big spots, right? Like last yeah. year, the way his season ended was a disaster in that playoff start. That was that was dreadful. But people were making it out like the, the start against the Tigers was the same thing. Yeah, uh, It's just amazing that in a span of like two or three weeks, things have, have flipped to such a degree. And um, it, look, it's, it's nice that people are, are, are recognizing it. You know what? This, this is still a pretty good team. Now, I don't know that they're this good. Like best team in baseball, that does kind of surprise me that they're this hot and this playing this well. But mm-hmm. um, I like what I see. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take it. I mean, the pitching that that has been spectacular. I mean, to, for like if you had told me any of the guys pitched to this the way they are pitched this year, mm-hmm. I don't know that necessarily I'd be shocked. But for all five guys to be pitching the way they have. That is a little shocking. Like, how often, like, a team going into a season, you're like, well, this is a question mark, and this is a question mark, and this is a question mark. And you line up all the different question marks, and all of them turn out to be answered in the positive sense as opposed to, oh, well, this one's a negative, this one we don't know, this one's a positive. With the Yankees, pretty much all of them have been positives. Like, I'm complaining about uh, uh, Araldis Chapman. I don't trust him. I think his ERA is still zero on the season. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like... I'm guilty of it too, to a certain degree, but it does feel like with the Yankees, when things go, uh, I mean, the reaction to losing the series to the Orioles, the reaction to, to the, the start by Cole against the Tigers, the fact that they didn't get off to the best of starts of the season, it just gets elevated to such a degree as if, as if the season, like we're not going to completely forget about April and May as soon as we hit June. But I do understand it. And because people are, 
they want the Yankees to win from wire to wire. They want them to be in first place from wire to wire. This is a team that, unfortunately, Gordon, by their own identity, has underachieved. They've not gotten to the World Series, which is their marching orders. And once again, it's under a manager who replaced a manager who he has not, Boone has not gotten to where Girardi went when Girardi was fired. So there's a lot of reasons why people feel that way. And then there's the other fan who's just like, I'm, I, just want, I just want something to be angry about. I can't well, wait the, for something the, to be there, angry about. There are plenty of them. There are plenty. And here's the thing. Like, I get it. You're right. They haven't gotten to the World Series. That is the, the, the goal. If the Yankees get to the World Series and lose, people will kill them. They'll crush them because that's yes. not the goal. They're one of the few organizations that they get to the World Series it's no, and lose. It's not a good season. Nope. But we, we just have to be honest that there's nothing that they can do right now to make the World Series, right? Like, they can go yes. out and play well, but the, the other side of that is that people will say, well, yeah, well, they're supposed to play well, right? Like, they're supposed to do this. They're supposed to do that. Like, they, almost like there's no joy in it whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. until they win the World Series, you can't enjoy any part of it. And even when they do that, I think that the negative Yankee fan or the, the Yankee hater will say, well, they should have done that by now, right? Like, yeah. it's been a long time since they won a World Series. So, I don't know. I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Like, I, the team has been playing great. And in years past, when they had these close games, you're like, oh, they're going to let this one slip away. They're not letting any of them slip away. They're, yeah. they're finding ways to win games. If it's if it's 5-2, if it's one nothing, if it's 10-1, whatever it is, they're just winning games. They are. And that's what they're supposed to do, right? You face a team like the Orioles, who you struggled with last year, it's different this year. And it's supposed to be. This is more like the way the Yankees play. And so as long as they play – here's all normally you would say here's all what fans want fans want for their team to just play hard and play well well i don't know sometimes there's fans that well no not all the time i want them i want domination Uh, yeah (laughs) they want to win every larry they could win 15 in a row and if they lose the next game in a bad way or a bad play Oh, how could they allow that game? Yeah, sure, they won 15 in a row, but they didn't win that 16th. They should have won that 16. It's like, uh, guys, it's, it's a long – I mean, you're, you're never going to make it, guys. If, if this is the way you're going to act in April yeah. and May and June, you're never going to make it. You're right. You're right. Luke's in Fairlawn. Luke likes that Yankee pitching like you, Gordon. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Luke. Hey, I just – so – I, I'm a big fan. I've been saying this since, since day one of the Yankees season. I love what the Yankees are doing with their rotation. I know some people are, you know, not a big fan. I love that they switch out the position players. I really do think it gives everybody a chance to play different positions. It keeps the competition up, you know, if, if guys get injured. And I, I do believe that Aaron Boone doing that is, I think that's not, not the only reason. Obviously, we have a good team. But I think that at least is a partial reason for their success. I, I was wondering if you guys agreed or not. Well, I mean, look, they're going to play a lot of games here in a very short period of time. The one thing I would say is that they have two players who are the foundational pieces of their offense who have been injury-prone in the past. So it is absolutely vital the Yankees do whatever it takes to keep both Judge and Stanton healthy. Now, Absolutely. Now, does resting them, uh, you know, like basically once every week to 10 days, is that going to keep them healthy? I don't know, but I can understand the the reasoning behind it to a certain degree. The other one, like the resting of guys, every single guy all the time, 
that one gets to be a bit bit much to me, especially because it, 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 it maybe it's not this way. It feels like after anybody has a good game, they're going to sit the next day. You hit two home runs, you're sitting the next day. You come up with a big <laughs> base hit in the seventh inning, you're going to sit yeah. the next day. So that part no, of it, that, I, don't, that I don't necessarily I agree. That I get. I hear you. But what, but what about the competition aspect of it? Like, I, okay, I get it. Maybe you hit two home runs, yeah, you shouldn't sit the next day. But it's no guarantee that you're going to play. I think it forces guys to really know that, all right, I have to do well. Otherwise, maybe come July, August, you know, the guys who've been getting the same amount of playing time, they're going to start playing more. I think, I think it promotes competition. You know, I think it's not a bad thing. Well, well it's the type right, of thing where it if it works, right, Thanks I mean, everybody's going to love it. Yeah, it, it, it does. It can. Let's put it that way, Gord. It can. But it depends. That person on the bench has got to, got to produce. And if they produce, now, yeah, that does put a little pressure on the starters. Hey, you know what? I'll sit you. Whether it's whether it's uh, sabermetric time or just the fact that I think he needs a blow, and and that's what they do. So no, it is. But but for me, Gordon, it's it's you knew the Yankee team would eventually hit. By me, it, for me, it's, there's no question. It's the pitching that's been the really dominant surprise. The the depth to this level, of the uh, yeah. I mean, again, if you would have told me that Nestor Cortez was good again, okay, I can see that. If you would have told me that uh, uh, Jamison Tyone had pitched like this, eh, okay, eh, I can see that. Jordan Montgomery, yeah, maybe. But to, for everyone to be doing it, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's the surprising aspect of it. It is. Boy, you notice? No Sopranos music. No, not tonight. Yeah, we're done with it. The challenge has been met. Brian Munguia, front and center. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, my son. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I, I, there is a little bit of controversy. Uh-oh. What happened now, Gordon? Well, apparently, mm-hmm. Pooch Olive, I'm not sure if that's how you say it, at Pooch Olive. Okay. Poocho Live, I'm not sure. On Twitter, he actually, on one of the earlier questions, on Apple Pie on day 10, he tweeted at that that time the only thing that would beat the Sopranos would be a million bucks. Oh boy! So should uh, Pucho live or should he get Pooch, the- Pooch Olive? Should he get the credit for? He's looking for his credit. I, I have to be honest. I did not see that tweet. I did not either. I did not see that either. I don't know if I trust Brian. <laughs> I'm not sure, Larry. I'm not should sure. I get Pucho live? Whatever his name is, yeah. the assist. Uh, he gets the assist. Or maybe. I get the assist. I don't well, know. Well, he's not. A, unfortunately for Pucho Olive, he's not on the show. There you right are on. on the show. So yeah. you get the credit. You get the credit. He gets the assist. How about that? I like that. That sounds good. All right. See, there we go, Gordon. Bringing people together. I, that's what you know me, Larry. That's what I'm all about. There's no question about it. Well, let's talk a little baseball. Let's go to Yankee Stadium. Hit the music, TV. It was the Nestor Cortez show. Oh, and he was outstanding. Here's the line on Nestor. Seven in the third innings, one hit, no runs, four walks, 11 strikeouts. Did not allow a hit to his first 26 batters. Oh, he was dealing. Nestor, how did you feel physically while going for the no-hitter? Honestly, I felt pretty good uh, going for, uh, back out for the eighth. Uh, I thought I threw like seven pitches, six for strikes, I want to say. Um, body felt good, obviously, when you know when the, the emotions and, and the adrenaline is rushing, uh, everything feels great. But now I, f- I feel like I got hit by a truck. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Nesta, how have you gotten to this point as a pitcher where you're flirting with a no-no? You know, for, for the past three, the, 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 the three years, 18, 19, and 20, uh, were, were pretty rough on me. Um, and after 20, you know, I, I discovered some stuff on my pitches and, and, you know, I knew what I had to be and, and what I had to do to, to, to maintain that level. And, you know, last year, it, it you know, I broke out with it and I'm, I'm going to run with it. What did you discover? Uh, just a fastball and, and, and cutter. Uh, those, those have been the two weapons for me. And, and I feel like the location has been big. And, and obviously the, the, the bump in the below has, has helped me out, too. And uh, the different arm angles are not hurting him either, Gordon. No, I mean he's he's been lights out. It's not like just a good start here or there. I mean this is this is essentially who he was last year. Now last year maybe you thought ah, it's a bit of a fluke, but he's not only picked up where he left off last year. He's been better yeah. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> That's amazing. It really is. With the league having had to watch him for a full mm-hmm. season and still can't figure him out. Nice job, Aaron Boone. Did you debate sending Cortez out for the eighth? I didn't wrestle at all with sending him back out for the eighth. So hypothetically, he gets through that eighth, even though his pitch count's even more elevated, you would give him the chance? It just depends. Like, I mean, if it, yeah, if he's at 105, 108, 110, yeah, probably. If we're getting into what I would have considered a danger zone, then maybe maybe not. But no, he was going. All right, so did you have a pitch count limit for him? No, I wasn't looking at it like that. I was just looking at it as now you start to look at it as I was going to let him go as long as he was efficient. You know, if it starts to get, you know, where he's laboring and walking more guys, then we got to make an adjustment, obviously. But there wasn't a number I was looking at. I was, you know, hoping he was getting some quick outs, but there wasn't a specific number I was looking at. Gordon, were you surprised that he sent him back out for the A? Uh, not really, because he had been so efficient. Um, and I, I do think that with all these games coming out, any time that the Yankees can go a little deeper with the, the starter, I know the, the bullpen's been so great, and if, he, if, if it ever turned out, you know, he gives up a home run there and all of a sudden you're trailing or something like that, uh, you, you'd regret it. But he just seemed like he was in such command that I was not, at the time, I, I, I kind of thought that he would send him back out there for the game. All right. Everybody's been waiting for it. It hasn't been duplicated because nobody does it like Gordon Damer. It's time for Answers with Aaron. Answers right, with Aaron. I'm sorry, Mr. Mr. Announcer Guy. Yeah. I stepped on your job. I'm sorry about that. All right, here we go. Here, yeah. We have two for you tonight, Gordon. All right. Two. All right. Uh, the first one, were you tense that this game was scoreless into the eighth? Were you tense that this game was scoreless into the eighth? He won't say he was tense, but I'll say, he, he, you know, he'll say something along the lines of um, he was into it, right? Like he wasn't tense, but he was into it. And, um, you know, he just wanted to get that run across because Nestor was pitching so well and we've been on such a good streak. So he will not say that he was tense, I don't believe, but that um, I'm trying to find the right word that he would use. Uh, maybe excited. You know, mm. I was into it. That's what he'll say. Okay. Aaron Boone, were you tense that this game was scoreless into the eighth? It, it added to it. <laughs> you know, I was hanging on over there for dear life. <laughs> it, it definitely uh, added a layer of drama to it, for sure. Um, and, and obviously makes every pitch even that much more meaningful and 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 intense which which is all makes it all the more impressive who is this guy 
He's throwing me for a loop these last few, man. Surprise. I can't, I can't, I can't. Uh, this is a complete. Who? What have they done with Aaron Boone, Larry? I never thought they would. I never thought he would say. You know, the like, answers with Aaron came from the negativity of poor play, right? And his yes, yes. endless optimism. So the yes. fact that they're playing so well, he has thrown me completely off my game. Throwing you off your game. All right, well, let's try this one. All right. When did you realize, Aaron Boone, that Nestor Cortez was this good? Um, well, I, I think that he'll say that it, he he knew it from last year, right? Because he came last year and he really he surprised them last year, but that he's kind of picked up where he left off last year. So at this point, this is what he's come to expect out of Nestor Cortez. All right, Aaron Boone, when did you realize Nestor Cortez was this good? He was guaranteed a spot in my rotation. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I went into the season – you know, I'm not surprised at all by this. Now, if we go back 14 months, maybe I'm surprised that he's, you know, this dominant and this kind of staple in our rotation. But going into this, going to spring training, not at all. What changed that in your mind? When did you kind of click there and say? I think this in is parts of last year when he went into the rotation and he was he was this guy last year in our rotation. Um, so I'm not surprised that he's continued it. Very good, Gordon. You're right. Yeah, back that on one. Top. That one's. A, that's a little bit better. Uh, the, the first one, uh, I did not nail at all, and he's, he's well, throwing me off of my game. This Aaron Boone. That's because of him. And you know what it is, Gordon? I, I think it, it might have been the pitcher. Okay, if you say that about Garrett Cole, he wouldn't have said that. Right. If, it, it's. It was Cortez that you know he really he's really rooting for this kid because he's played so well and how he's just performed. He's been. He's been amazing, and I and like I said before, I really enjoy watching him because he's just. I love to. I, I remember watching Luis Tiant. Mm. Okay, but go Google him. Google him. Right. Look him up. Google him. With all the different motions and doing things different ways that he used to pitch, and he's like a throwback to that with the different uh, you know sidearm and everything. Hesitation. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, he's, he throws awesome. everything at you. He's good. He's really good. Really, really good. All right. Well, that's. What happened at Yankee Stadium today and Answers with Aaron starring Gordon Damer here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Gordon, by the way, the Mets will be facing the Nationals tomorrow. Nice. Get to get uh, – I mean, you win series against everybody, but it's always nice to, you know, maybe get a little fat on the Nationals as well. What is going on – this is amazing because I remember some time ago when the Yankees were looking for an ace, Patrick Corbin – was on that list. Oh, Patrick sure. Corbin, who's, who was grew up a Yankee fan, uh, was like, oh, you know, this is the guy we're going to get. And he signed with Washington. He's now 0-5 with a 7.16 ERA. Good move. You didn't get him. <laughs> well, you know, he had a good start for them. He helped them win the World Series that year, which I'm sure Yankee fans probably would have signed for at the time. But, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's not been the same guy since then. Um and he was one of those. He was he was Cole before Cole, right? Like right. he was the yes. Yankee fan, and he was going to come to the Yankees, and it was like a done deal and all that type of stuff. And uh, it has not um, it has not turned out right. Uh, and I think he still has like two more years left on his contract. So mm -hmm. yikes! That's you know we all scream and yell when people don't get the deals that they want. Oh, I want this guy signed and I want that guy signed. And the old line, I think it was Branch Ricky, right? The the best deals sometimes are the ones you don't make. That's right. That's right. 
And for the Mets, Tyler McGill will be on, on the mound. You know, little little uh, little Jake DeGrom. <laughs> I'll tell you, Corbin, is uh, he is still signed for two more years after this one, Larry. And in oh. 2024, he they are on the hook for $35 million. Ouch. Whew. Ouch. Ouch. Not what you want. <laughs> not, that not, not what they want for sure no nope, not what you want with their production so as a Mets fan you feel good about tomorrow night because McGill's pitched well he, he's been in every game he's done what he's done more than you could ever ask all right he's been fabulous now Wednesday when Taiwan Walker against Aaron Sanchez Walker's yeah I'm trying to figure out which walk I'm gonna get the walk I, I hope I don't see the walk I had last game because he struggled. I mean, the Phillies just ate him up. They just singled him. They they singled him to death. You know, base it here, base it there, base it here, base it there, base it here, base it there. But uh, you know, and I'm still waiting to see what he's what if he's going to be able to come back to the first half of last year, Taiwan Walker, as opposed to the second half of last year's Taiwan Walker. Yeah, um, he, he was always a very frustrating guy in other stops. That he, I know it's been a while since he's pitched for the Mariners, but it always seemed like he was one of those guys that was going to break out. And, and it, he has good stuff, he but it's just not it's not as consistent as you would like. So nope, it isn't. Uh, he has he. You're right. I think he's looked a lot more like the guy from the second half of last year rather than the first. And that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for, Gordon. I'm looking for the first half guy. That's what I want. Well, I will say this: if if McGill and obviously Scherzer and um, Bassett perform the way they have, at least then, you know, when he, when Walker goes to the mound, you can expect a little bit more bullpen, right? Like mm-hmm. those other three guys are right. going to give your bullpen mostly a night off, yeah, uh, because they pitch so well. So now maybe you have to rely on the pen a little bit more. And Carrasco has shocked me. Yeah. He's pitched really well this year. I did not expect great. that. No. Did not expect that from him. I did not. I did not. He's done a nice job. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.